When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. To around the 412, we are part of the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I am Tyler, and with me as always is Smitty, and joining us today are Gary and Jim from the Pirates Fan Forum, also a part of the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. What's going on, guys? Excited to be here, man. Yeah, dude. Like uh, this is uh, some Pirates, but Steelers and a little bit of Penguins, so I'm ready. Yeah, get you, you guys, get you guys uh, to talk about something different other than Pirates and get people on the show that actually know what they're talking about when it comes to the Pirates. So <laughs> for the first, be a first time in show history. We love supposedly, jumping. supposedly. We love jumping on the other teams, man. It's nice to get out of our box a little bit. So I think that that's the, the big thing here is because we always talk about Pirates when we have discussions, um, you know, off of Twitter. Uh, on Twitter, we talk about all three teams. So I know that you guys can talk to talk when it comes to Steelers and Penguins, too. Now we're just going to show the rest of the DK Pittsburgh sports family that that's the case. Uh, but let's start off talking about the Steelers. Not a whole lot to talk about here. So let's just bring up a topic that we're just going to keep regurgitating until they sign somebody here. Uh, the Steelers still don't have a starting strong safety. Now, the name that's being thrown around all the time, everybody's lushing over. Don't get me wrong. If you follow me on Twitter every single day, I'm trying to find a way to link this guy to Pittsburgh is Tyron Matthew. Now, the the interesting thing about bringing this guy's name up is one for one skill set wise. He is not the same type of player Terrell Edmonds is that he would be coming in for. And I'm putting that in quotes if you're not watching the YouTube video, because to me, this wouldn't be just replacing Terrell Edmonds. You're just talking about adding another defensive playmaker, somebody else to make some splash plays. You're not talking about a guy to replace Terrell Edmonds because he doesn't play the same type of way that Terrell Edmonds does. They would still be missing that that box safety type if you're bringing in a Tyran Matthew. What are your guys thoughts on this? Because we haven't talked a lot about this specific subject. Go ahead, Gary. I mean, Honey Badger's cute and all, and I know he's good. But I'm not sure he gels well with uh, Minka because I, I want Minka to be the creator. And I don't know that we need another creator back there. Uh, I personally have been a proponent of re-signing Edmonds the whole time. doesn't sound like the Steelers really want to do that unless they get the right price. Mm-hmm. feels to me like they might go Norwood. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's like... Um... I think if the Steelers maybe were in a little different position as far as like where they see themselves competing and maybe looking for that last like splash piece to like, you know, make that final push to the Super Bowl or Mm -hmm. try to make that um, that leap. 
But does it really make a lot of sense right now? Is he and 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 is he not looking for a little bit more money and commitment than I think what the Steelers would be willing to give him to do? You know, I mean, nobody you wants think? to sign him. Yeah, I think that he's waiting to see. And, and Ian Rappaport actually talked about this on Pat McAfee's show. Is his mindset this whole time has been waited out until around the draft, maybe even after, to see what teams do in the draft at the safety position and teams that don't take one or miss out on whoever was at the top of their board. They, you know, circle back and say, this guy's still on the free agent market. So he's, you know, methodical with this process. He's taking it slow. But to your point, Gary, like everybody's ripping Edmonds saying nobody wants him because he's not signed yet. Yet the guy that we want to bring in isn't signed yet either. So, who, you know, who's to say? But I, I, I'm honestly on board with bringing back Terrell Edmonds. I know that, you know, he's kind of like the scapegoat on that defense. He didn't play all that well in his rookie year. He was asked to do way too much when Morgan Burnett, brought, who was brought in, did not work out. We had to throw Edmonds out there to play 100% of the defensive snaps. But he's gotten better every single year. And, you know, for what he does, he's a perfect complement to make a Fitzpatrick. Uh, Tyler, where are you on this? Well, for me, I just want to touch on Edmonds. I think the biggest yep. reason he was a scapegoat for the Steelers fan base is because he's not that flashy type of player that people want to see like Minka. I, I think that, I, yeah, I think when you, when you have those two in the backfield, you've got Minka, who's the one making all the like flashy plays that the fans love and they don't really appreciate what Terrell Edmonds brings to the table, even though he doesn't have the same ball skills as Minka, he still has skills that Minka doesn't have like his box skills I think are really really good and they've improved each year as a Steeler and I think that when it comes to who they would bring back as time goes on I'm leaning more towards a reunion with Terrell Edmonds I think that more and more safeties will get signed elsewhere and like all of you guys are saying like Honey Badger would be cool it would be a fun story for sure but I think that the more realistic option is probably bringing back Terrell Evans. If you asked me that a month ago, I don't think that I would have said that was really a possibility. But I think just as yeah. time's gone on and the way the safety market has been going, I think that a reunion would make sense. And he's familiar with the team. He knows the defense. And he's not going to cost nearly as much as a guy like Honey Badger. And he's always available. Look, when you look back in history, too, like, the guy that was with Troy was always the scapegoat of the defense too. Same reason. Cause you want yeah. that guy to be your freelancer. You want him to be able to play up, play back, do whatever he needs to do to make that splash play. That's what Edmonds gives you. Plus the guy never misses a game. He's healthy. Yeah, it, that's why, that's why I was just saying is the availability. It, it, it's interesting though. If you look at it from trying to look at it, cause you know, Steelers aren't saying they don't say a ton and that that's fine. They shouldn't. But what they have told us is very early on, they kind of made the decision that they weren't going to pick up his option. Yeah. And then they've kind of agreed. I mean, it's like the Steelers and Edmonds have been married and they both agreed to see each other people. And then they're both not really getting any dates. And at the end, they're just going to stare at each other from across an empty bar yeah. and go, do you want to, <laughs> I guess, I guess we'll go home with each other again. But so the Steelers, I mean, for whatever reason, they just, haven't um shown a ton of interest in him um yeah. so I, I i don't think we can lose sight of that because i don't think we would be at this point right i want to ask you guys a question though tyler before because i this yeah, i need it. to ask this because i want to relate it to from a football perspective and i know that 
one is on the team as opposed to Terrell Edmonds being a free agent, but like say the Browns Baker Mayfield situation where it was like, they're exploring other opportunities at quarterback. They end up getting to Sean Watson. And we saw how it played out for Baker Mayfield is the Steelers search of a safety, you know, kind of cutting ties right there with Terrell Edmonds in, in a reunion isn't possible because of that. Now we don't know that I'm just bringing up that hypothetical to you guys to see what you think. I don't think so. Unless he's, that ticked off that they didn't just automatically anoint him the guy they were bringing back. I, I don't know how much you read into it, but I saw he changed all his social media and right, stuff. Yep. So that's why I'm asking. You know, maybe he is that salty about it. If so, I would say you've been in this league long enough to understand how it works, brother. I mean, if they're the ones mm-hmm. that, that show you the cash and you know it's a good situation, he'll come back. I mean, I'm not. Okay. I'm not concerned about that. If they want him, they can have him. Well, that's kind of how I feel is I think that when, when it comes to Edmund's decision, he might be a little bit like butthurt about the not picking up the option and everything like that. But I think when he looks at the market himself and then looks at what the Steelers are offering, if, if, if that is the case, I think that there's a lot of comfortability and familiarity with the organization already. So I, I think that just by being familiar with the Steelers organization, that would be a reason to come back. Even if he was a little bit salty at first about them not picking up his option. I, I just think that the unknown is a scary thing. I feel like to a lot of free agents So the green, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. He's comfortable with the Steelers defense. He knows how it runs. That might be a reason that he could come back. Ego, ego always has a, a place in it. It's just how far does that get out of hand? Clearly he wasn't happy about it, you know, and he like scrubbed his social media accounts and whatnot. But uh, then it does like, like uh, Tyler was saying is you just come back to reality and go, nah, you know what? It's a business. This is where I should be, but we don't know all those ins and outs. So it's just curious as if, if he's right. even really even a part of the uh, plan from the Steelers standpoint. Well, that's yeah. actually a good – so what I wanted to bring up earlier and just to wrap this up is maybe the Steelers – and these these aren't the exact same, but maybe the Steelers might learn a little bit from their Mike Hilton situation the year prior to where they lost him to the Cincinnati Bengals in free agency at a number they probably could have paid him and he was making plays for them and then they struggled for a while to really find a replacement for him on the defense. I think the Steelers might be able to learn from that and know – we know what we get from this guy. He does his job and maybe we should bring him back because like familiarity is good for uh, Terrell Edmonds. It's also good for the Steelers. You don't know what kind of safety you're going to bring in. So th- that might so be Trey a case Norwood for is Arthur Millette, Basically. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, no, I think that's a nice way to, to tie a bow on that. Um, well, guys, I know that you guys love talking about baseball. That's what we're going to talk about when we come back. Oh, Yes. Uh, Opening day is this week, so we, of course, got to throw some baseball in here, right? All right. We'll be right back. This is Around the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. And welcome back to the Pirates. I mean, around the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Uh, we are ready to talk some baseball with the host of the Pirates Fan Forum uh, on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network as well. Guys, opening days this week, uh, we found out 
just yesterday that JT Brubaker will be the opening day starter for the Pirates. Um, is that a surprise to you guys at all? Let's just start right there that he's going to be taking the ball on opening day. It's not to me. I mean, it, it lines up that way. It's probably a surprise to some people that they let it line up that way. But okay. he's somebody that um, I know the team was pretty high on. Uh, thought he could return and have a strong season. Gave them more innings than anybody else last year. It's not a surprise to me that they're counting on him as one of their top arms. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, obviously the way his second half of the season went last year, I think if people are just looking at it from that standpoint, clearly it'd be a surprise just from a performance standpoint. But, um, you know, all you got to do is kind of look at how how they're throwing guys this week, and it kind of was lining up toward that. So um, sometimes it just comes out to something as simple as that. Now, granted, I don't think that they would want Mitch Keller starting uh, in, in in that game. I think they're looking for him to um, kind of take on a role where he's not as, you know, uh, uh, kind of focused on. But uh, Brubaker's going to get a chance, and they're going to give him a chance in the starting rotation, and we're going to see how it goes. If it doesn't work out um, – then you're going to see him go to the, the bullpen. But I don't I don't think it's a huge surprise that we're seeing him on opening day. I called this starting rotation, um, gee, right after they signed Quintana. I knew mm. what the five were going to be. Wilson, Brubaker, Quintana, Keller, and Thompson. That, yep. And, and everybody wow. else was trying Keller to sign shot. another fifth starter. Keller, yep. me shot. Tyler, uh, this is one of our boys, one of the first 10 guys to have a Trust the Buck in Process t-shirt, by the way, JT Brubaker. So it's pretty cool that we're seeing him uh, take the ball on opening day. What do you think about it? I think it's good. I mean, from I definitely do not have as much knowledge as these two when it comes to the Pirates. I'm definitely more of a casual, but from what I do know, uh, I I think that he's been one of the Pirates' like higher like the, the more fan favorite prospects moving up th- through the, their system. And so like when he came up last year and performed well, I thought it was good. Like you said, he had one of our shirts early on a few years ago. <laughs> and I, I think that uh, I don't really think it really mattered who's the opening day starter that, that much, but I think Brubaker is deserving of it. Um, I, I don't think it's I, everybody probably would have expected it to be someone like Mitch Keller or maybe even Jose <laughs> Quintana for the name. But oh man, if it this been isn't Katana, Jose, been. I mean Jose Katana, we're like seven years late on that. So <laughs> I'd have been on Twitter more upset about anything that happened with Brian Reynolds if Jose Katana was starting on opening day. <laughs> <laughs> well, would it would repeat some history with the Pirates? Uh, they yeah. have definitely let some guys start opening day or opening day uh, home stands mm-hmm. uh, with some ugly, ugly kind of. Um, guys that were on their last leg so hey maybe maybe that will work out with Quintana anyway but I don't know they haven't said anything about the actual um, rotation early on as far as in order have they Gary no and they won't either until because there's off days and yeah yeah they won't until spring training is completely over but um, by the time this recording releases tomorrow we'll know the roster Mm -hmm. and um They'll make everything official, and then we'll start to be able to subject out when they're going to start and everything. It hardly matters. It's it's really Quintana and four kids, and <laughs> you want those four kids to do better than they did last year. And I think all four of them have the kind of room on their development tree to potentially do that this year, which is what you want. 
And they're backed so, by really solid prospects that can come up here and maybe kind of excite things a little bit yeah. more. When you That's said uh, you Quintana and four kids, it took me back to Kevin Colbert saying about the Steelers, Ben and 52 kids. <laughs> a little bit different situation. But, uh, I was going to say that was a little a little bit more hopeful in hindsight. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Well, no, I could I, argue that team should have been in a rebuild too. So, whoa, rebuild! We don't we don't utter those <laughs> words. Uh, that's Re- that, retool. That, yeah, but uh, <laughs> no, I think too. Like when you look at the the, the, the pitching staff and how this is going to shake out, these early games, um, if they're pitching well. Um, I wouldn't get too carried away with that. If they're pitching poorly, I wouldn't either. But, you know, t- typically the pitching s- tends to be a little bit far ahead, uh, further ahead than the hitting goes. You know, you're dealing with some miserable weather a lot of times in these first two, three, four mm, weeks of the true. season. Bats are, you know, the, the offense hasn't warmed up. And um, we actually saw that not too long ago with the Pirates. I think, uh, Gary, what year was that that they had? Uh, it was Lyles and uh, – I mean, they were just 2019, 2019. Okay. And like after the first month of the season, they were top five in almost every pitching category. Yeah. (laughs) And let me assure you, it was like getting Cy Young consideration. Yeah. And let me assure you, it did not finish that way. So, uh, you know, we'll just see how it goes here. Um, We're not going to know a whole lot as far as until we get into maybe May and June about who's going to stick and whatnot. Yeah, we already one guy know that, that we after know. one start, if Mitch Keller is going to, if he performs bad in one start, everybody's just going to DFA him. Yep, exactly. 100%. Get I, ready for it on Twitter. Yes. I feel bad for that part of it because that is, it's it's the equivalent of Mason Rudolph throwing interceptions. Uh, Mitch Keller gets bombed. It, it's it's going to, that's the reaction you're going to see. And, you know, that's, like the that's the shame of it because both guys are under a real microscope now. As they should um, be. Somebody that we're really hoping can carry the torch for the Pirates, not just uh, this upcoming year, but into the future, is Key Brian Hayes, who's been dealing with a little bit of an injury, but should be ready to go for opening day. Uh, it came out recently that the Pirates have now made a serious uh, extension offer to him. I'm I'm not sure why they were making the unserious one ones. Yeah. Ha <laughs> ha. Here's this offer. Just kidding. But if you accept it, go ahead. That's pretty much what they said. Uh but so, I mean, where are we at with this? Does this mean, OK, if, if Key Brian does take an extension here, if he signs this extension, whatever this number is, whatever the term is on this thing, does that shut the door on a Brian Reynolds extension? And then we're just talking about, OK, when, not if, is this guy going to get traded here? Absolutely not. No, they they have uh, feelers out on both. There's a reason they're not offering anything to Brian Reynolds right now, and it's their own stupid role. They, they're a trial and file team which means after the arbitration stuff goes in, they're literally not allowed to present him with anything. So as DK just reported the other day, they're going to approach him about an extension shortly thereafter, and we'll see how it goes. The two don't have anything to do with each other as far as what they can afford, though. We don't even have to go back a full decade to to see that this team has extended a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Kutch, yeah. Blanca, Starling Marte, Cervelli. Liriano, I mean, Harrison, Mercer. I mean, <laughs> it's not like they didn't do it. They'll do it again. Yeah. It's not like the extensions can't happen with the Pirates. Now, if you're expecting them to finish those extensions in Pittsburgh, well, now we're in a whole different, yeah, you right. know, yeah, a whole different ball game. 
But uh, I could say yeah. the same thing about San Diego, though. Tatis will never finish his contract there. Wander Franco right. won't even finish eight years of his of his twelve year contract in Tampa. I can tell you that right now. Definitely. And you know, um, the thing about Hayes is it's it's interesting, and maybe this is a little. It's just popped into my head, just a little bit something where you can take some. Um, uh, maybe a little bit of a cautionary tale is, you know, we know what happened with Plunk and they tried to lock him up early. We also know when Hayes first came up, man, he just, he was, he looked like he was setting the world on fire and people wanted to extend him right then. Yep. Well, you know, we would have overpaid at that point if you wouldn't wanted to give him the kind of contract I think that he, he would have been looking for. Sometimes it doesn't hurt to wait a little bit. Not, I'm not saying, you know, let it drag out to uh, ridiculous proportions, but, you know, I mean, maybe Hayes is a little bit more, you know, uh, agreeable to looking at a deal and it's not going to be as uh, cost prohibitive as it once was. Now, it's not going to be cheap because he's still a damn good baseball player. News out of his camp is they're more <laughs> open to an extension now than they were last year because last year they were rightfully being lowballed. Because he didn't he didn't play a lot last year, right? So yeah, right. Clearly, and uh, they expect him to be stronger and better and change his swing. Now, a is that bit. is that tactical on the Pirates' part to try to do that? Like when they are, say, you know, in Reynolds' case, after twenty twenty when he didn't play that well, and then with Brian last year with him not playing that much baseball, they're oh, trying oh, yeah. to lowball them at that point. Absolutely, it is. Yes. Yeah. And any anything that you can do to to squeeze a nickel and make it a little bit thicker or thinner, they're gonna do. That's what the pirates do, and and that's what all small markets have to do. That's not just Bob's especially cheap. That's the way baseball is operated. They're stupid enough to keep the rules this way, so take advantage of them, right? If you yep. leave a bunch of loopholes in the tax code, what do companies do? Don't pay taxes. Well. If you leave a bunch of loopholes in your CBA, guess what baseball teams are going to do? Take advantage. Yeah, rich, rich people don't tend to get rich by being overly generous and um, you know adhering to all moral and ethical principles along the way. So um, you know, you like you said, Gary, you, you've allowed these uh, these cracks in the CBA, and I mean. Bob Nutting is just sitting back going, oh, my God, this is beautiful. Um, <laughs> you know, let's do what we do best. And um, but no, I mean, back, yeah, back to the original point or the original question is, no, they don't have to. It's not an either or. I mean, um, I think can you imagine if in Pittsburgh that they that they reach long term deals with both of these guys? I mean, you know, I, you know, perceptions, reality in a lot and of cruise. cases. I'll yeah. say one more thing about this too, like that I think is probably promising. If this was a low ball offer to the point of being embarrassing, meaning like they're super, super way under what Hayes is looking for, the mm-hmm. agent would have leaked the number. We yeah. all know it right now. It's a good point. Good point. Yeah. I'm curious, uh I guess a question to that I'm gonna add. When it comes to extending both, and I guess we can even throw Cruz whenever he gets up here and plays a few seasons and we talk about extending him as well. Will the multiple extensions of multiple very good players on the Pirates depend on how competitive they are at the time? Because a lot of the extensions that were brought up, like that we had from 
six, seven years ago, eight years ago, Pirates were also winning at the time. Does that affect extensions whatsoever? Well, Kutch extended twice. So, yeah, I mean, like, well, he's an anomaly. Almost nobody, at least recently, you're going to have an anomaly, up. though. You'll have an yeah. anomaly out of this set, too. Like, that's, that's just the way at, it happens. Yeah, and I think they're absolutely counting on being good. Now, whether that's going to happen or not. And let's let's also remember too if you if you sign uh, both these guys to extensions, and um, that th- that's not to say that there couldn't be a time where you're moving one and keeping the other, you know, if 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 necessary. So it doesn't really lock them into anything long term. If they sign Reynolds to a big long term extension, that's going to happen regardless whether they're winning or losing. I can't see them carrying it through to fruition the whole way yeah plus we have the dh now too so when you yep. sign a guy like hayes that's injury prone which I, I think he's starting to show he he at least has some soft tissue issues he he comes up with sprained ankles fairly often wrist issues things like that well you have the dh to lean on so if if it gets to the point where like he's he's not an everyday fielder anymore uh you didn't flush your your money down the toilet He's not Gregory Polanco all of a sudden. He's still right. a serviceable bat you can use. So I don't think yeah. there's much risk in it. I also don't think we're talking about a 10-year thing for this guy. He's he's a little older. I mean, really look at his age. You don't want to be signing guys till they're 34. This mm-hmm. market can't afford that. Yeah, yeah it's, I think it's just going to be interesting to play out. I would love... I'd love to know the numbers that, that, that they you know floated to him this time because... I'm really curious to see what his Hayes meaning his what his market is and what mm-hmm. those dollar figures are. I'm I'm really curious because I think I could I could sit down and make an argument for a pretty decent range, and uh, I'm not sure where it is to be quite honest with you. Yeah, same. I think everybody would be interested to see those numbers. Um, I know you know Jim. I'm sure that you're excited about this guy too. But Gary, I want to bring up a name for you specifically because I know that you've been pounding this drum for a little bit of time here. Um, Diego Castillo, otherwise known as Pete Rose, down at Pirate Spring Training, uh, absolutely crushing the baseball, making a case to absolutely be here on opening day. The question is, is he going to be? Um, we had this conversation because when I brought up Hoy Park to you, as far as like, is this guy going to make the roster? You said, I'll say this caveat if. Diego Castillo does that could be mean bad news for Hoy Park. Where are we at with Diego Castillo now? I feel a lot better about his chances today than I did yesterday, and um, not because he did anything especially great today. Although he did play in the outfield and had an outfield assist today, which you know I didn't see the uproar about him going to the outfield today. That was kind of crazy, you know. <laughs> Apparently, it's okay for Castillo, just not Cruz. Um. Regardless, he, he he's done everything you could possibly want him to do. And today, Ben Charrington said they're leaning towards going 14-14 with the pitching staff and, and position players. I thought they were going to go 15-13. That extra spot means something. It yeah. is somebody. And it could be Van Meter, unfortunately. Duh. But um, I think they should make room for Diego Castillo. The kid has done everything. That said, like Jim constantly says, I don't want him up here if he's not going to play. Makes sense. Jim, where are you at with him? Yeah, I think um, clearly he, he's earned it. Um, 
but I don't want to see him getting six to seven plate appearances a week. And then having him try to keep any semblance of what he's got going, going. I mean, baseball's just one of those games where you just got to play and you need your bats. And um, you need those, those repetitions and those swings. So I want him to make the team. I'm just afraid that they're going to let him make the team and then he's going to rot on the bench, which is what they were doing with Castro a little bit. And then they finally, you know, I think played him last year and, Hey, it, 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 it's just, it's a good, it's a good feeling out process for a kid too. Yeah. He's beat the hell out of Hoy Park, Michael Chavis. Yeah. No you know, all, Chavis. all the, all the guys, Anthony Alford, whatever you want to say, he's beat the hell out of all those guys. And he's yeah. already on the 40 man. The guy should be on, on the roster. And I just don't even see what more they think he could possibly learn in AAA. Unlike Cruz, who I also think could have made the team. Yeah. But Cruz very much so has some stuff to learn on defense. Mm-hmm. Very much Absolutely. so. As much as people want to pretend he's a finished product, he is not. No, Tyler, he, he, he's okay. not. And the only other thing I was just going to add real quick, and then Tyler, you can you can um, finish it out or if you your want. Mic, whatever you want to do. What's that? <laughs> no, I was saying, or you can mute his mic, whatever he wants to oh, do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, uh, when you're getting down to uh, – these end of the the spring roster decisions, just like today. I mean, Greg Allen tweaked the hamstring. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Yoshi left with um, neck stiffness. So these are things that are really going to kind of, maybe they had plans and then they're going to change them. Even that 14 and 14 split with the, the, with the 28 man might change. So those are things to keep an eye on too. Um, Guys like Bly Madris might make the roster just simply because Greg Allen, uh, you know, let's face it, even if even if it's just his uh, a tweak, that's for a guy that's, you know, depends a lot on speed, both in the field and at the plate. That could linger a little bit. So what I'll say with Castillo is uh, the four of us know the Pirates are definitely in some sort of rebuild where they are at in no. the rebuild. We have no idea. But if the Pirates organization, if Derek Shelton, if Ben Sherrington is no one is going to come out and say the word rebuild, there's no reason that Diego's Castillo should not be on the the full roster. I, I just do not see a reason. He's proved it in spring training why he should be. I, and I, Gary, I agree with you. I think he is complete. I, not that Cruz couldn't have made the big man roster. I just think that Castillo can and i think he should play i don't i think it would be a crime to bring him up like jim was saying and then sit him on the bench but if if you're putting out your top nine guys how is he not in the top nine at least to start the season and if if he starts to slump down then you can have a conversation about taking him out of the lineup but for the way he's playing and with the pirates mindset of where they're at they're not going to say rebuild he should definitely be on the MLB roster. I mean, Tyler, if I drive on an asphalt road or a dirt road, I don't need anybody to tell me which one I just drove on. <laughs> I know what they're doing. You know what they're doing. It doesn't exactly. matter if he calls it a build and I call it a rebuild and he calls it, you know, it, we know what they're doing. So don't let that cloud your judgment on what they should do with a player. If you think he should come up here because it's time for him to come up here, then that's what you think. Who cares what they say? We, we get too wiped up in all that stuff. Who gives a crap? They're not going to tell us things straight because that's not how baseball people work. 
Nobody's going to tell you. The A's right now will not tell you they're rebuilding. Oh, man. And this is, this is how you know the Pirates are playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers. Because what we've got here, fellas, and yeah, that's right, I'm going down the rabbit hole here. They're going to let Castillo make this roster. He's going to get out such a lead in this Rookie of the Year thing. They can bring up Cruz whenever. It's not going to matter. And boom, problem <laughs> solved. And, uh, you know, it's just the best management team in uh, all of sports just doing what they do. Before yeah. we end the Pirates segment, I have an interesting still- catching nugget that I have to share that I just learned from Alex Stump. Mm. Okay. The well, Pirates cannot yeah. bring up Taylor Davis. Oh, I saw that. I, I didn't see. I saw this Okay. Winner. So he's not an option as far as backup catcher. That means Michael Perez pretty much. Oh, it's not going to be Richie. So it looks like that decision is pretty much made. We need catcher tryouts at PNC Park next week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm lefty, but I'll give it a shot. It'll look weird. Mason Rudolph, you think he could maybe <laughs> maybe but, uh, his maybe his golfer girlfriend could or whatever yeah. tennis player girlfriend or yeah somebody I I do not want it to be Michael Perez but a name that got brought up in that conversation organically by the way I didn't have to force this name in here was Bly Madris also yeah. great friend of the show also one of the first ten to have the trust the bucking process mm-hmm. T this is not all all credit to him you know we we've joked about this. You know, there was literally a point in time where we were hanging out with him and our friend Sarge is like, do you think that you're ever going to make it to the big leagues? And he said, no. Here we are. Look at this point where he's at right now. Do we think that he is going to be a major league baseball player? Is he going to make this club out of spring training? Well, now I'm rooting for him hard. Yeah. I think I wrote almost a month ago now that he should be a direct drop in replacement for Anthony Alford. And then he's done nothing but prove me right this entire spring. Just absolutely crushing the ball. He's done everything that you could possibly ask of a player. He took on extra work and went to Australia and played. He, can, I mean, he's worked his butt off and put on mm-hmm. some mass. Look at how much yeah. bigger he's, he is than he was two he years is, yeah. ago. And he's pretty pretty prolific on social he media. Asked me for, he asked me for my workout routine, actually. So <laughs> I, I, I don't want to take all the credit, but... I get yeah, that. I mean, off the record, I mean, Smitty, it's if he makes it, it's because of you. If he doesn't, then he, clear, <laughs> then he clearly didn't adhere to it strongly enough. So, exactly. you know, um, it's just a shame you hear that. And we, Gary and I talk about this so much on um, – on uh, the Pirates fan forum. Yeah, that's the name of the show. But uh, <laughs> and uh, we, we talk about how, how hard it is for these guys in baseball to even sniff the major leagues. And, you know, you yeah. say that and you, you talk about how candidly he, he responded to, you know, was he ever going to make the, the, the majors? Mm-hmm. And for a guy with that kind of skill set to really think that, man, I don't even know if I have a legitimate shot. It just goes to show that baseball, I mean, and I'm not trying to put down any other sports, but my goodness, how good do you have to be to even get a sniff? He will get a shot uh, somewhere this year, though, I think. Yeah. He's just, he's never been a guy with that prospect status. Like a lot of people don't know who he is, you know, even coming up through. Yeah. He's 26. He's basically like at this point, Philip Evans. Okay. And now Philip Evans is doing the circuit, getting tryouts at different places and Every once in a while, out of that kind of player comes a Steve Pierce, who goes on to have a really, really nice career because he latched on with somebody. 
Mm-hmm. There's no reason Blind Bedris can't be like that. There's no reason he can't be the next Robbie Grossman, for instance. Ooh. He's it's a good player. He's literally late bloomed. 2020 killed him because he would be 25 in this spot as opposed to 26 in this spot if yeah. it weren't for 2020. And yeah, people, I feel terrible for him for that. People start getting real nervous in baseball when you start using numbers like 26 with uh, prospects or whatever you want to say. It's That sounds ridiculous, yeah. but that's starting to get old in baseball. Which, to circle back to Diego Castillo, is why I don't want to piss with him. He's 24. Mm-hmm. Get him up here. And and just to go back to this roster specifically with Bly Madras, if they keep him on it, you know, he's he's actually uh, a true outfielder that can um, you're not you're not going to have to piece it with Cole Tucker and mm-hmm. you know going that route with trying to get guys to, to fill in, especially with someone like Greg Allen if he misses any time. I'd bring him up. I'd let him play a little bit. Yep, love it, Tyler. Do you have anything to add about our good friend? that's literally the only thing i want to add i cannot add to the baseball side of it but i can add he's a buddy of ours we've been out to eat with him after an altuda curve game i it it was the same thing he paid for so great guy he he paid for (laughs) great guy but it's 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 the same thing whenever jared oliva got brought up we were rooting for him for the same reasons we're we were connected with him we just wanted to see him succeed whether it's here in pittsburgh or somewhere else it doesn't matter we just want to see some of these guys that we're connected to succeed Bly Madras is not like just the same way. So I hope he gets up. He's shown in spring training that he deserves it. And honestly, like who, who deserves it over? Like you really want to play Anthony Anthony Alford Alford over Bly Madras? I don't don't want to see Anthony Alford play ever again. (laughs) I really don't. I I don't. I'm completely. We were talking about this. Yeah. We Steelers still need a strong safety if he wants to head over to Heinz Field and yeah. you know try to hit somebody, see what he looks like as a box safety, go for it. I don't want to see him grab a bat ever again. Well, somebody they, somebody ahead, said Gary. on somebody said yeah. on our show a few weeks ago that you know, baseball's been around over 100 years. Long, long game history we have. If you took everybody that ever played in the major leagues and put them in Yankee Stadium, it would be half full. Think about how difficult it is to get to this game. Yeah. And we and we routinely call people bums because they come up and strike out four four times in, in ten tries, you know. I mean mm-hmm. it, it's a tough game. It really is. So no. I guess like when you follow prospects, be more patient because just getting there is difficult. No wonder these guys probably have such a hard time on social media not popping off at a fan or two every once in a while to think that anyone has the, the, the stones to tell them what they're not doing right. Or, um, and then there's Marcus Stroman who's like way worse (laughs) than any of that. Yeah. 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 Just, uh, I can imagine how that must, how much that must irritate you when you're not playing well or something. And you see, uh, you know, Donnie, from uh, Vlanox telling you about how how you need to keep your back foot down. <laughs> he noticed something in your your swing that's it, it, it is holding him back. You know. Speaking no of Donnie, he'll be on our show this Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Love to hear it. All right, uh, I think that that's good. Uh, yeah, Pirates baseball kicks off Thursday. 
in St. Louis. Great place to start the season. Let's just start off with some devil magic in St. Louis. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to wrap up talking about some Penguins hockey. This is around the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Welcome back to Around the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm Smitty. That is Tyler. That is Jim. That is Gary. Uh, Joined with the boys from the Pirates fan forum, of course, but we already talked about that stuff in the last segment. Um, Time to talk about some Penguins hockey. Uh, This is going to be interesting to see where we can go with all this stuff. Let's get real excited because Jason Zucker is back and it's the second period of his first game back and he's gone again. And it's just, you know, from a from a mental standpoint, trying to get in his head, this has just got to be so frustrating. Mm. Uh, sat out 37 of the last 38 games. The one game he did play in there, scored two goals against Vegas uh, and then had that core muscle surgery, missed 30 straight games after it. Comes back, play, looking pretty good, too. Got a primary assist on that Raquel goal, playing with Gino and Raquel, and then he gets hurt again. And you're just wondering, what is like, what did this guy do? for all this bad karma to continue to happen to him ever since he got to Pittsburgh. Um, you know, the, I guess like the one positive to take away from this is this team has figured out ways to win without him. But I think it's it's very clear that this guy, although he's not scoring goals, the clip that we would have liked for a guy making five and a half million, uh, does drive play, does bring good things to the Penguins team. It's just can't get on the ice for him. Who do you want to go first? <laughs> anybody and everybody you know let's start with tyler i feel like tyler hasn't kicked off conversation i just i feel and it's funny because i use this word multiple other people's people use this word gutted for oh Jason yeah that was thrown, somebody actually yeah. like put out an article making fun of people using that exact phrase for this it was true though <laughs> it's, it's, i just feel like How that's so mentally not? taxing on a yeah. player and to come back, you're hurt after a period. I, I guess the, the only bright side of this, and as we're recording this on Sunday evening, the game was three days ago, we still don't know the status of Jason Zucker. I don't know whether that's a good or a bad thing. I I feel like if it was bad, like say he broke something, tore something, we would have known that by now. I, yeah. To me, I mean, the longer, just, not the to longer we off, don't know what's happening. Situation. Yeah, the longer we don't know what's happening, I feel like that's a better sign that – I mean, he might not be day to day, but if it's week to week, I would take that because we still have like about a month left of the season until playoffs start. So I don't know, really know what to make of the status status of his injury. Either way, I just feel terrible for him as a player and gutted. person. Just yeah, gutted. I, it, it just sucks to work that hard to come back and you you literally played in in that that post game video of Gino handing him the helmet. He's like, "Well, mm-hmm. good win, boys. It was good to be back for a period." Like, yeah, <laughs> like that, that hey, just you sucks know, it's, so it's bad. At least his spirit's high enough to, to joke about the situation, I guess. But uh, yeah, Gary, where are you at with this? I mean, I, I'm hurt for the guy. I can't remember anything like that besides maybe like Bo Bennett. I mean, it. I, I feel terrible for him. He just came back and like it, it didn't even. I mean, I know it sucked like the way he got hit from behind and everything. But mm-hmm. Man, it didn't look like it, it should have caused the carnage that it caused either. Like it. It's almost like something about the way he he handles his skates or heads into the boards that he's just not preparing himself for that sort of thing. I don't know. It, it sucks because 
I think he does set the pace of play on that line. He works really well with Gino. I don't think he's ever going to chip in scoring the way we hoped, but mm-hmm. he definitely pushes the play and he kind of keeps Gino in line a little bit, if you know what I mean. Not that Gino needs that, but he 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 kind of defensively takes care of him. I was just saying he adds a defensive presence to a line that, you know, needs it. We know what, what Gino and the other winger are going to bring. In, in case of Raquel, he's also relatively defensively minded, too. I think more than people give him credit for. But Jason Zucker kind of takes on that role for that line. But, yeah, go ahead, Jim. No, I, you know, um, it just sucks that we didn't get to see that line, you know, a little bit and see. Because I, I, I really thought that there was some promise there. And right away there was. Um Granted, it was such a small little, little, uh, you know, peek into it. But um, y- you look at you look at someone like Zucker and yeah, I mean, he he's gotten rode pretty hard here because he just hasn't produced like everyone thought he would, and especially for what he's making. But, yeah, and people tend to get very caught up in that. But what you are seeing is, is there's just such a drop off and then the chaos that it creates with other lines and trying to figure all that out and, and having guys have to move up on lines and then play. And they're just not, whether he's producing or not, he's still a really solid NHL player and, and is always going to be kind of operating in a, in a, you're better for him being out there than, than you're not. And then when you've got guys you're trying to play on the ice, getting too many minutes that probably shouldn't be having it. That's what, that's what you end up seeing as you go along in a season when you're missing key guys like him and even um, um, McGinn right now. Yeah. Right. Same thing. And that's that's the thing I brought up with the McGinn situation is, you know, to Tyler's point about, there really being no clarity when McGinn got hurt. We immediately saw that video that same night of him having that cast on it. And then when Solvent talked, he said, well, he's going to be out week to week. We haven't heard that or any statement as far as like timeline for Jason Zucker yet. So I don't know if that's more on the encouraging side or they literally just really haven't gotten through the evaluation process process of this thing yet. I will say I 100% agree with Gary. I said the same thing. Like, I don't think that we're going to see Zucker randomly find his scoring touch when and if he should return to this team. But it sure would be nice because we've seen guys like Evan Rodriguez completely forget how to play hockey, as well as like Dan Hines just, just now he's the guy in Sullivan's doghouse. He played five minutes the other night, demoted to the fourth line. You know, when you talk about secondary scoring and you got it for like, what, three games maybe from Kasperi Kapanen and, and Jeff Carter looking like they found something there. But it, it hasn't been consistent, you know, other than the power play in that top line where this offense is coming from and now the addition of Ricard Raquel. But if this team is going to make some noise into the playoffs, I think guys like Evan Rodriguez, Danton Hyde, you need to see more from these this bottom six. I mean, I think Teddy Bluger is probably the, the mm-hmm. straw that's going to stir that drink. He he has that in him a little bit. I just think they need to let the line around him coalesce a little bit instead of constantly shuffling whoever's left over into being his winger. I'd like to see the fourth line just get a little bit more of this is your show. You guys be a unit. You guys Gains be that, that crapster. You guys yeah. chip in every once in a while. And I honestly, I don't care if that is Heinen. That's probably where he belongs anyway, to be honest. 
But yeah, Rodriguez. another guy that I think has you know pretty solid underrated uh, defensive metrics. Stanton Heinen, I think that he's good enough in his own end to play on a fourth line. Um, and you yeah. assume like Brock McGinn would take over that other role when he does come back healthy. So then you're talking about is Evan Rodriguez even amongst their best twelve forwards? And I know that we had this conversation, um, you know me, Tyler, and Hunter, because I was making the case that if Evan Rodriguez is going to be in the lineup, I would rather have him play center than wing. I think that's where he's best suited. And I think at this point in his career, Jeff Carter outside of the faceoff circle does not look like he should be playing center. Um, but it, but it's interesting. That's an interesting dynamic because then who are your four best centers? You know, And also Carter has the best faceoff percentage on the team. Can you take him away from center? you know, for that reason. So it, it's interesting, but I guess let me just ask the question then that I was kind of getting at here. Is Evan Rodriguez worthy of being in the, in the top 12 forwards right now? Well, go ahead, Tyler. Well, I mean, Smitty already knows my answer. The way he's yeah. played the past three 30 months, games. <laughs> yeah. 30 plus games. It was 33 yeah. last week. So it's 37. Now I think you can make the case that he shouldn't be in the lineup come playoff time. And also I think it's definitely the case if he's going to be in your top nine forwards, because I think the most success we've seen from recent playoff runs from the Penguins and recent meaning since we won that cup in 2016 is it's not just the top two lines scoring. It's at least the top three lines. And especially the third line is, was very pivotal in that 2016 and 17 cup runs. And if so, if he's going to be on that third line centering it and he's not scoring, why is he there? I think I think it's better suited to keep guys like Carter and Kapanen on that third line and then throwing away. If it's Evan Rodriguez, see how it goes. But I just think he needs to at least start to pick up the pace because he's shown signs recently that he's being like not what not that good defensively either, which was kind of the, it was. I think you mentioned it last week. It was like ironic because that New York Rangers game last Sunday, I believe, was he was like terrible defensively. I, I think you can make a case he shouldn't be in the lineup. And I, that will also depend on, like, what's the timetable for McGinn? What's the timetable for Zucker? Are we ever even going to get Zucker back for the playoffs? So there's a lot of things to consider. But and throwing this term around is terrible for the Penguins. But fully healthy, I don't think he's in there. I mean, I'm, I'm gutted by how bad Evan Rodriguez has turned out. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I, I have never nice. seen... I, I, I truly, I can't think of another player that was so good for the first two months of this season and then just ice cold instantly. DK said the exact same thing. It's the, uh, he hasn't yeah. covered a player like this ever. Danny. I have no idea how, like, cause normally it's like gradual. This was just instantaneous. You suck now and you are not the same player. He didn't and fall off a cliff. He literally, he himself jumped off. That's yeah, and yeah. we've talked about like role reversal. Like he he's not playing those top line minutes or so because yeah. guys like Malkin and Crosby were out towards the beginning of the season. But I just don't think that explains the plummet of a drop off that we've guy, seen from him. I think that thrives when he's playing defense first and not necessarily worrying about scoring. And after he had his little scoring outburst. I felt like I saw him think of himself like a lot of penguins in the past have done. They suddenly think of themselves as scorers now because they're playing for the penguins. And He got lost in the scoring sauce there for a little and, bit. And now he's pressing to try to score and he's lost sense of what he really is, which is supposed to be a defensively responsible center. 
At this it, point, I think that's Zohorna. making him worse defensively. Yeah. At this point, yeah. I'd bring up Zahorna. I'd let him be but, the guy, and I would just bench him. <laughs> it's it's kind of like guys got one. I always find a way to bring this back to baseball, but when <laughs> when you start hitting a few home runs, you start thinking you start thinking maybe you can hit some homers. You tend to get yourself in some into some trouble adopting that mindset. So offensively, when you see a guy like that have the success that he was having, and and, and let's just let's just recap. You need to talk about the fall off. First 34 games of the season, Evan Rodriguez was Evan Rodriguez was averaging 1.23 points per game. The last 34 Hold. games, and what he would be a Hall of Famer if he kept that. Yeah. Last 30 <laughs> last 34 games. So this is a couple games old now. 0.11. He was built into the conversation insane. on who they would re-sign. Yeah. People were talking about him in the same breath as Rust and Latang and Malkin. And how are we going to fit in Evan Rodriguez? And, <laughs> and it, now look at it. You're like, it, how are we going to get rid of Evan Rodriguez? And, <laughs> it's it's truly incredible when people like, you know, and DK had mentioned it about never seeing anything like it. Literally. There, yeah. there, there, there's nothing quite like what we have seen Evan Rodriguez do in two different splits of a season. I mean, if you want another from, example, though, Carter isn't scoring either. Yeah, absolutely. And the way he started after his acquisition and even getting his contract extension. Mm-hmm. Boy, it, it sucks when that happens, when the contract extension seems to be when things fall off the table. But he hasn't scored yeah. much since. No. He hasn't. He hasn't. And I brought that up on Twitter a little bit. You know, uh, Jeff Carter seems to get a little bit more of um, some leeway. And, and uh, you know what? I mean, he, he's he's had to he's been asked to do some things, too, to help move around. Um, but Carter's also probably a byproduct of he, he's he's playing a lot of minutes, too. And maybe you're starting to see that be a little bit part of the problem, too. Which would be nice if somebody like Evan Rodriguez could figure his game out and take that off of his plate, but you know, apparently zero point one one. I cannot. He went from is, a Hall of Fame pace to looking like he'd be taking the tickets from people at the Hall of Fame. <laughs> it's Jay Fresh. Jay Fresh was re- releasing some uh, stats from his stat cards today. By the way, Evan mm-hmm. Rodriguez is fourth lowest in the NHL in goals above expected. He is minus. Beautiful. Point or minus awesome. 6.8. Wow. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. So we don't, I don't think we have to keep talking about or, or is he part of the future? I think that those conversations <laughs> can now uh, include Ricard Raquel instead of Evan Rodriguez. Uh, Jim, I'm glad that you brought up the pass that Jeff Carter gets. Cause I think another guy that gets a pass on the defensive side of things here uh, is Brian Dumoulin, because I don't, th- he has not been very good, you know, for a good portion of hockey here. Now uh, there was a small stretch this season where it looked like him and Latang were both, kind of back to their 2016, 2017 form. Uh, but it was a very brief stretch and he hasn't been very good since. And I think that that's just not getting talked about enough because you have John Marino not taking that next step offensively. You have Marcus Pedersen, who's just going to be the whipping boy, of the defense, regardless. You have everybody just wanting to see Mark Friedman get on the ice to cause chaos. And Brian Dumoulin's role on this team is just kind of forgotten. But I think that if he were, if we were seeing peak Brian Dumoulin, we wouldn't be talking about these constants you know, 
Penguins getting lost in the transition game here, giving up odd man rushes all the time. I think that a lot of that, the Penguins being near the top of the league in odd man rushes against is due to the regression of Brian Dumoulin. Brian Dumoulin, I'm a, I mean, I've, I cover the Pirates, so I'm not spending my time railing on Penguins, but I started pretty early last year on Brian Dumoulin. He's lost a step. He's had some injuries to his legs. He's not the yep. same player that he was. He's been a babysitter for um, Chris Letang for pretty much his entire career. And when your babysitter loses a step and you yourself didn't, you're no longer as effective as you were. So his role probably lasts about as long as Letang's, and I think they're both about to expire. Well, that's why was it last summer, I believe, we had Danny on our show, and he asked us mm-hmm. the question, do we think Brian Dumoulin is still a top-pairing defenseman? And I said, no, but he is on the Penguins. And the only reason for that is Chris Letang is the other guy on his pairing. That's exactly until right. You can, yeah. Until you can find somebody that plays with Chris Letang like Brian Dumoulin could beforehand, I think he will stay where he's at. Either that or until Chris Letang is no longer a Penguin, I, I think Brian Dumoulin will stick with him because it's hard to really find somebody that will mesh with Letang for how you, unique his play style is amongst the Penguins defensemen. Yeah, and it's, it goes back to the safety talk that we were bringing up earlier with Minka and, yep. and Edmonds. You know, you, you want one to be a freelancer, you need somebody else to be the stay-at-home boring guy. Well, Dumoulin's supposed to be the stay-at-home boring guy. And he's not capable of doing it anymore. He can't keep up, and he doesn't make up for Tang's mistakes the way he used to. He doesn't anticipate yeah, them the way he used to. I think, you know, one of you mentioned that he's a step slow. I, I mean, he looks more than a step. And that's what that's what's concerning is. And then you start getting into some of the decision-making and just the stability that he is providing out there, and you're adding all that up. And... Um, I mean, it's it's certainly bad timing because they, they really just they can't afford for him to drop off like this. But I don't know, man. I mean, is he entirely healthy? I, he's he's had some injuries in the last year. That, so that's one year, that injury. Injury. I'll, I'll give you the hockey answer to that: is no one's entirely healthy this time. Of year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's the hockey answer. Right. <laughs> but he hasn't been since that ankle injury. And I think that that's, you know, a major thing in what Gary was talking about. You know, he's been he hasn't been that same guy since that ankle injury. Yeah. And you well, don't have he, anybody else that can do that role. So, I yeah, mean, he's going to be there the rest of the year. It's not worth. I mean, I think that's why it doesn't get a lot of play, Tyler, because why are you going to bother talking about it? Who's going to go there? There's Matthew, nobody Matthew, Matthew King can't go there because he's basically Latang on the left side. He is Latang on the other side, exactly. Pedersen, so do I don't think he he has the style of play to be able to, to be as responsible as Brian Dumoulin once was. Oh, he's you mean closest, his reach but... isn't enough? <laughs> I heard his reach was elite. Yeah, it, it's it's just it's it's a really tough situation for the Penguins. Is he a top defenseman? No, not anymore. But he is on the Penguins just because Chris Latang's on his line. We'll see what the what they do with Chris Letang and his contract, but as far as Brian Dumoulin's contract goes, he only has one more year on it at four point one million dollars. He might be a, his last year as a Penguin next year. I agree, I think so, and, and yeah. I think he might take that decision out of the Penguins' hands if he honestly evaluates his own game, which I think he will because New England players tend to do that. Um, 
And I think if Latag goes, he'll know his days are numbered as well because he's automatically going to be a third pairing defenseman. Yeah. So let's just hope they can get a little bit more healthy here. I mean, even if it's just simply Zucker getting, um, dodging a bullet maybe, and um, McGinn. Um, yeah. it, it, maybe he's closer than we know. I mean, even just that would help considerably as, as they start to prepare for, you know, the postseason. We should never discount either what Latang always eating crap tons of minutes does to Dumoulin. Mm-hmm. Not everybody is the physical freak that Latang is. Yeah. And you're asking Dumoulin to try to keep up with him an awful lot of the time. And I know he jumps over the boards more than Latang, but, and he get, doesn't get the power play time. He's still getting a lot of those five on five minutes that he probably shouldn't be getting right now. In the top yeah. PK minutes as well. Right? Yeah, that's fair. So, fair point. Yeah. Um, guys, I'm going to give you the floor for a second. That was some great talk, but I want you guys to be able to plug anything that you guys got going on. Of course, your show. So uh, the floor is yours. Oh, man, we're going to be all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's what I hear. I'm going to be on Locked on Pirates. Uh, well, this morning, so it'll already have happened in the past <laughs> once you listen to this. Yep. And uh, obviously around the 412, we're really excited to be here. Um, it's fun to talk about other sports. Wednesday night, we're doing a special um, pre-season launch party type um, Pirates fan forum. And um, Friday, we'll have our regular show. So, yeah, lots of action. And then uh, I believe Corey Geiger is doing a special sit down with uh, a pirate star from the past on Sunday. So a lot of pirates content coming up on DK Pittsburgh sports. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, we're going to I'm going to try to nail Gary down to a prediction. Maybe uh, I'll do the same and, uh, you know, we'll get those things going for the pirates as well. So, well, let's do a proper tease. We're definitely going to, <laughs> and you're definitely not going to like it because you know, anything other than they're going to lose 140 games is not going to be accepted. So <laughs> I got them at 135 losses. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. what, you know, I know it's a different format, but our show is about realism. So it's a, it, yeah, it's unfortunate. We, I don't know we why. Now, if you want to, if you want to see, if you want to see where they're going to make the playoffs, I could probably tell you where to go for that kind of prediction. But that's you know, what I'm here but, for. Uh, no, I think last year I said 97 losses. They ended up at 102. So you know, yeah. we'll see if there's oh, a one. Also, a before one we go, I got some. Losses. Before we go, I got some breaking news that Nick Gonzalez is not going to make the Pirates roster next year. Oh, right, big, big, big <laughs> breaking news. So when right. anybody when that comes out. After spring training next year, I want the credit for it. Thank okay. You. I think as long as you say sources. Yeah. If you didn't say sources, then I can't give you credit. Um, where can people find you guys individually if they want to follow along other than, you know, just listening or watching to the show? Gary MO2007 on Twitter. or You can find my painful account on Facebook that I have to maintain <laughs> for business opportunities. Love it. Jim. Twitter 24 seven. It is for the city underscore four one two or at Jim Stam 22. And um, yeah, Pittsburgh all the time, Pittsburgh sports all the time. And that's what was cool about this is not only did we get to talk pirates, we got to talk Steelers and penguins and I managed to keep a pit reference out of, out of this. So I didn't want to, you know, piss (laughs) off the beat right now. yeah, the BYU (laughs) contingent. I didn't want to get up and all that. So we have a huge BYU following. So, 
Yeah. No, hey, thanks for having us on, though, man. This was great. Yeah, guys. And, uh, you guys know we were fans of you before we all started working on the same network together. And uh, yeah, it's really cool to be that. on the show. Definitely have to do it again. Tyler, it looks like you have your mouth open, like you've been wanting to say something since Jim mentioned BYU. <laughs> oh, I just wanted to say, to set the record, I, if you look at my bio, I am also a Pitt fan. Okay? Yeah, yeah. From growing up in Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But... I hate Penn State just like the rest of the Pitt fans, okay? Oh, well, then we're totally cool. <laughs> we're totally cool then. Yeah, yeah, we're good. <laughs> All right. Gary, Jim, we can't thank you guys enough for joining the show. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you guys on Twitter, off Twitter, whatever. You guys are good friends of ours. Um, but let's make this happen again in the future. Be sure to listen to their show, Pirates Fan Forum. You can find it right here where you're watching or listening to this every single Friday. Uh, Until then, we'll talk to you guys, and we will see all of you guys next week on Around the 412. This is part of the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. (laughs) 